This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination head to exploreworldwide.com hello it's thursday the 24th of september and thanks for joining me simon calder for the latest on travel and destinations from the green list and the travel desk of the independent today british airways ditches its gatwick short haul operation Those BA passengers stranded in Tashkent, are they due compensation? And the UK airport that lost almost £1,000 for every passenger it handled in a year. Of course, this podcast, unlike that, is completely free, as is my weekly travel email. And guess what? It's coming out tomorrow. You can sign up at independent.co.uk forward slash newsletters. Gatwick Airport has always had problems trying to make money at... uh, (laughs) British Airways has always had problems trying to make money at Gatwick Airport. Gatwick Airport has actually done pretty well out of uh, British Airways. Um, But over the decades, it's tried many, many different uh, business plans and none of them have quite worked. Coming into the coronavirus pandemic... All BA flights from Gatwick were grounded. Then things started up again, but only long haul. They've got a very nice 777 operation from Gatwick, which runs to typically uh, the Caribbean at the moment, um, hopefully Florida quite soon. Now, they haven't started up the short haul routes. They want to, particularly from next summer, and they were looking at having a new subsidiary. It wouldn't be a separate airline. It would look and feel like BA from the passenger's point of view, but it would be based on lower costs. And that's what they've been trying to sort out with the pilots, basically saying we're competing against EasyJet. It's really tough. You give us a bit of leeway and we will give you your jobs. Anyway, the pilots wanted um, some assurances about pay. BA didn't give those. BA has now said, right, that's it. We're cancelling everything apart from um, one little round trip a day from Glasgow, another from Manchester to Gatwick to connect with some of the long haul flights. That might only be a negotiating technique I guess it might be that BA is now going to look at setting up an actual low-cost airline although by far the easier thing to do would just be to say to its sister airline Vueling have all these slots you can use them see what you do with them Um, we we can't make a profit you might be able to because your costs are lower or they could sell them to um, Wizz Air or even to EasyJet, which is dominant at the airport at the moment. We just don't know what they will choose. Um, very uncertain time, of course, for all the excellent professionals who work at Gatwick for British Airways, or at least used to. Next, British Airways has not had much luck on its first flight back from Islamabad to Heathrow coinciding with the opening of 
uh, the red list so that Pakistan was no longer on it. Flight BA260, you might recall from yesterday, took off, should have landed at um, 5.05 a.m. on Wednesday and just missed the red listing, which would have been great for the passengers on board. Instead, it landed shortly before midnight in Tashkent in Uzbekistan, a wonderful city, but not in the middle of the night if you're on a plane and you don't have permission to be in Uzbekistan. So what BA did was basically just keep everybody on the plane, first of all. Then they put them in the lounge, but they weren't allowed out. The passenger, the, the pilots and cabin crew went off to get some sleep, which, of course, professionally, they kind of had to. Um, passengers ended up waiting 28 hours. And then the flight back, they had to send out a replacement plane, flight back, then had to go really quite a long way round to avoid eastern Ukraine and Belarus. And they finally got back just before 9am this morning, 28 hours late. Um, it was reason reason for the diversion. It was very, very sad. It was a, a passenger who fell ill and then sadly subsequently died. But a lot of people are saying, well, we had quite an ordeal. We'd like some compensation. It's tricky. Um, airlines are obliged to put you up when there is disruption to their schedules. Um, and British Airways clearly didn't. But unfortunately, you can't retrospectively go back to BA and say, you should have put us in a £200 a night hotel. Please give us £200. Um, if they didn't give you a hotel, I'm afraid that's just saved them money and it's um, no good to you at all. You can then think, right, under air passenger rights rules, I think I'm entitled to compensation. Now, that wouldn't be for the medical diversion. It could be for the technical issue that happened afterwards, which is why the plane didn't just continue to Heathrow a few hours late. Good luck with that. I imagine it would be very robustly defended by British Airways. Um, these situations are never great, and I'm sorry for everybody involved, but of course, primarily for the family and friends of the uh, passenger who so sadly lost their life. Finally, well, airports are interesting because they've got very, very high uh, uh, marginal costs, uh, fixed costs, fixed costs. Uh, you know, you've got to have security, you've got to have the runway kept clear, you've got to have... Um, uh, all kinds of firefighters whether you've got one flight a day or a hundred flights a day and they are also um, the, the, the very susceptible to downturns in traffic Gatwick in the first six months of this year lost £430 for every single passenger it handled right extraordinary amount of money um, and I found now an airport where that was even even more substantial um, and that is Teesside Airport in uh, beautiful um, northeast of England. It's always had a problem with um, with passengers. They had a great year in 2006, just after it had been renamed Durham Tees Valley. It was an important hub for BMI Baby. But that all stopped. Then they lost the link to Heathrow, That although that's now come back with Logan Air. They've got Ryanair doing some flying. They've got KLM still shuttling in and out. The trouble is they've also got, I think I worked out, 28 miles north. They've got um, Newcastle Airport, 45 miles south. They've got uh, uh, Leeds-Bradford, so they're kind of slightly pinched. They lost 
uh, 13.8 million pounds. Another way of looking at that is um, uh, every single citizen in the Tees Valley Combined Authority. That's 20 quid for each of them. And, well, they think they can now turn it round and they will have 400,000 passengers next year, which would be a 27-fold increase. Let us hope that they are right. But life is really, really tricky for, oh, how can I put it, um, secondary airports in provincial UK cities because, well, there's simply too many airports in the UK. Um, certainly there's too many airports in Ireland, but um, too many also in, in, in that corner of the UK. I love competition. It normally does great things for travellers. But in this situation, I'm afraid I can't see much of a way out. I can see a way out, which is to stop now. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can get all the news you need 24 hours a day at independent.co.uk. Do follow that up with forward slash newsletters to subscribe to my weekly travel email, Simon Calder's Travel Week, free tomorrow morning, 7am. For now, goodbye, stay safe, and I will look forward to talking to you tomorrow. 